Yummy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is Stephanie March, and I am here today with Ms. Meredith Deeds. Yes. And uh, we are just kind of hanging out on this gorgeous Saturday and figuring out what to cook, what to eat, what to play, what to do, all right. sorts of stuff. Right. Yeah, we are actually... We got all kinds of ideas. Yeah, there's like... <laughs> I, I love it because then I, I love coming and especially being like, I haven't seen Meredith in a couple months. Yeah, it's been a while. And I sort of feel like, okay, what am I going to what am I gonna be inspired to cook today? And for me, the answer is grated tomatoes. <laughs> yes. I think that is what's happening. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to cook dinner for uh, the kid, uh, the birthday kid, the girl tonight and her fiancé. And um, here's the deal. I'm doing a pork. Uh, I think I'm going to try to do a pork shoulder for tacos. In your Instant Pot? <laughs> but no. Here's the deal. Do you think I can get a small pork shoulder done in four hours? Sure. Okay. What do you think? I'm going at 325? Well, here's the thing. No. 275? Cut it up into chunks. Oh, ahead of time. To do it. You don't have to do it all then in one piece. Oh. Yeah, it takes less Sometimes time. Sometimes it's like the genius that you're like, <laughs> duh. That sounds really, of course, that's a really great idea. Yeah, just cut it into chunks. And because you're going to shred it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Actually, what I do, I brown it in a piece, one whole piece, and then cut it into chunks. Because if you brown it in little chunks, um, I find sometimes they get, t- they, the toughness never really goes away. Yeah. You know, it gets still sort of, you get that stringy yeah. hardness sometimes. So I brown it in a, in a in one piece and then let it cool for a minute and then cut it into chunks. And so it's got some of that brownness and all that good flavor. Yeah. And then braise it. Okay. It takes less time. Okay. This is good. Um, okay. So let's talk about the fact that this is time for top two in hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right. Give me two. Winning, winning, winning. All right. Well, these are the time of the show that we talk about two things that we are sort of mildly obsessed with. We've been thinking about. They're kind of in our brains this week. So why don't you go? What's your first one? All right. Okay. Have you heard of spicy chili crisp? <laughs> no. Okay. The cult of spicy chili crisp is real. It is a sauce that is, um, it's a Chinese sauce. It's got chilies and peppercorns and spices in it. It's sort of a chili oil sauce, but it's got all these, you know, chili flakes and whatnot in it. But here's what makes it incredible. It's also got roasted soy nuts and fried onions and fried garlic. It is a incredible condiment that I put on everything this week that would stand still. Really? I slathered them in this condiment. It is so good. They sell it in uh, like an eight ounce jar and it serves like four servings in one ounce because you just eat so much you of it. You eat so much of it. It. Is, it is really good. And it has been um, building in like popularity. It's in China. It's it's one of the most popular sauces. It sells this little grandma that in, that invented it and bottled it is a self-made billionaire in China. And, <laughs> and so, she's on the label. And she is on the label. They, you can get it, I'm sure, at most Asian markets and also on Amazon. Wow. But I put it on like my avocado toast. Yeah. I put it, if I'm making a, one of my tomato sandwiches, which I make every day. Oh my God. <laughs> the toast, the mayo, and then this chili, this, this spicy chili crisp, eggs, anything that you eat. I mean, ice cream. People yeah. put it on ice cream. It's it's so good. Uh, this is you have amazing. To order it now, yeah, it's called, and you can see it says Lao Gan, uh, yes. Lao Gan Ma, and that is, I think, the person uh, started making and selling it in 1997. 
Um, if you Google it, you will see all kinds of I'm articles. I'm going to put this article by Taste, which is called Taste yes. Cooking Cult. Yep, Spicy real. Chili Crisp is real. And it's like, Serious oh my God. Eats has a good one too. They also have a, have a recipe where you can make your own. <gasps> oh my God. The godmother pictured on the jar was a widow when she opened a noodle shop in the Guizhou to support her family. She right. began bottling the sauces and quickly became one of the richest self-made billionaires in China. Right? I am down for this sauce. No, it is so good and I insist that you go okay. right over to... You know what I'm really bummed by? The teens were at United Noodle last night and they oh, probably would have gotten it. But when you get it, don't just get one bottle. Okay. Get many bottles. Get many bottles. Because honestly, I, I've... I got it a couple of days ago, and I'm already through almost all of it. Okay. Well, because I made some sesame oil, you know, some spicy sesame oil, but this looks like this has more guts yeah, so to it. So here's the thing about it. It is spicy, but not in the... Because it has all these other things in it. Yeah, the peanuts is It isn't is in key. the intensity. So I can put like a tablespoon of this on a sandwich yeah. and love it. Last night, I made I made lamb burgers yeah. last night. Oh, yeah. I put a, I put this on it and um, it was so good and you can use a lot of it at a time because it isn't that sort of... Yeah. So if you're worried about it being too hot, don't worry. Um, buy some and taste it and you'll see how you can, you know, d- determine for yourself what amount. But what for amount? me, like a serving... But is don't like be scared of, of it. Don't be scared of it. That's the thing. A lot of things that look like this are wildly hot this isn't this is specifically this, lao gan ma lao gan ma okay spicy chili crisp i like the name that, that there's crisp in the name yes because it's crispy it has this it's like a crunch texture oh yes. i can't wait I'm oh it's get so good okay good all right so that was your first one yes. i'm very excited for it now you. um the first one i'm going to talk about is there's a new york times article out where um they it's a beautiful article and i just kind of loved it it's called uh, The Road Trip to the Fiberglass Frontier of Northern Wisconsin. And it was this wonderful... Normally, you know, the New York Times tends to bug me. Anytime a New Yorker decides to discover our land and our oh, peoples, yeah. it bugs me. Grape because, salad. Yeah. Oh, that's all we need to it's say even grape salad. <laughs> grape salad, but it's like they're like, oh my God, there are things here that people right. should... You know, like, oh my God, these people eat food. And you're like, yes. Shocking. Our corn is amazing. And we're not just and idiots. Things, yeah. Yes, and good. so one of the things that... But this guy, Robert Simonson, is a Wisconsin boy by nature. He grew up in Eagle and, you know, he's like a guy who's just, he, uh, he, you know, like, which is by kind of by Milwaukee, but he's a guy who like obviously came back for family reunion. He has his kid and his dad on this road trip and they're doing the trail to find like, you know, the, what they call the muffler men, the, the fiberglass statues, you know, like all like the pub oh. onions everywhere and like, <laughs> you know, the, the muskies and everything sure. else. So, and you can't call it Paul Bunyan when it's in Wisconsin. Let's just be clear about that. They call it Lumberjack Man. Oh, but uh, Larry that. the Lumberjack in Wabend. Uh, but the thing is, is like, it's kind of a beautiful, touching. Uh, if you have any Wisconsin, you know, thing, if you, some mm-hmm. of us I know are just fully in our little beautiful state of Minnesota, but you know, I went to school in Wisconsin and I used to live there when I was a little kid, but there's a connection. Yeah. And I just, I, I totally get it. And there's something really great about talking about the cottages up in Manaqua and you know, he does get into the door County fish boil thing a little bit and sister Bay and the goats on the roof. And there's, it's a, it's really well done. So Excellent. I just I, think I, if you and the layman supper club, which again, if you don't, it's in race lake if you have never if you've always thought like oh i should go i should know what this whole supper club thing is all about go to layman's 
Like, it's really something that is something special. And there's there's nothing like it in the whole country. Exactly. I that's love the that thing. stuff. Like, I love all that and stuff. And that's why I'm glad he's just, like, that to me is, like, worth mentioning. And right. with reverence, not like, oh, my God, there's this. It's already in his DNA, and he's just sharing it. That's the difference. Excellent. So there it is. New York Times. I'm going to put a link up to it called Road to the Firebird Glass Frontier. And I do love those stupid things. There's a big giant mouse in Nielsville. That was like where they they had a cheese pavilion at the World's Fair in like 1939, and it was this giant mouse was part of it. It's and I drove by it going to college every it's every a year. Roadside attraction, amazing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I love it. Okay, what's your second one? Okay, I on the way back from Boston watched um, a wonderful documentary uh, called The Biggest Little Farm. Yeah. And it was in theaters. It still is, I think, in a few theaters, but it is on August 20th, um, coming up on Amazon Prime. And you all have to see it. It is an, it's a delightful story about this city couple who, um, adopt a dog and the husband is a nature, um, he's a, uh, not a photographer, but a, um, does documentaries yeah. on nature films. Yeah. And so he, um, they got this dog and the dog barked all the time and they got kicked out of their apartment and they didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't want to give, you know, get rid of the dog. So they decided to fulfill this dream they had of owning a farm and um, make, doing it the old fashioned way, like literally doing it the old fashioned way. And he documents this process of buying this land that really is, you know, it was a farm, but it, it's it's got a lot of work to be done yeah. to make it a farm again and how they just transform it and how clever they had to be to find solutions like they have um they have a, a big snail problem there all the snails are eating all their fruit on their trees and so they also have ducks and so they figured out you know what ducks like snails so they release all the ducks into the you know and yeah but it's this process of discovering how nature works together yeah they um they had coyotes and they were an issue with their chickens but they the coyotes ended up helping them with other problems <laughs> yeah. so any, anyways it's it's just a beautiful where done, is the farm it's in oh, do you remember that's okay if you don't i just was it's in california oh, okay. it's actually i think it's like in the um I think it's like in the not in the Bay Area, but yeah. generally yeah, in that, in that yeah uh, in Growing that region. basket yeah the, that, the of, bountiful cupboard that's right of yeah. California and it's really just a lovely story he films it I think himself yeah so, he must. and he did it from before they owned it to all the way through the woman was a private chef so she was so all there. about growing things and just it's just really a beautiful little story if you want to really look into what like that kind of farming can happen yes. and how that can be exactly and what know? it takes and what it takes and and it's hard yeah i mean it's hard there's a lot of discouraging moments for them all the way along but it's interesting to find how they found unique solutions to each one and how nature works together that's so good okay i have one more before we go, go. um so you know those uh you know those little when you get a six pack of beer or a four pack of beer the cans, they have those weird little plastic things on top. You know, there's no longer like the loopy things, They're those hard plastic tops that kind of grip the top of the can. Yes. Well, those are called Pack Tech for some, that's what those are called. Okay. You know, they're all different cover, colors and a lot of people use them. Um, you know that they are not recyclable in Minnesota. A lot of people don't know that. I did not know that. They, it is, there's something with the sorting that is not, and I throw them into my recycling all the time and I did not realize they're not getting recycled. Okay. So this is a thing. Um, that we wanted to highlight because Able Brewing 
is actually offering free beer if you bring in five or more of those pack tech carriers, four or six pack tech carriers, to our tap room, we'll buy you a beer. Oh. Like they're gonna do it. They're. Pro- I don't know if it means like they're gonna be sending them somewhere, uh, but they're 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 gonna recycle them. They're gonna have a way to recycle them. Um, maybe they're gonna use them. And they're but they're basically a sorting issue, and they're gonna uh, skirting the sorting process and get the plastic reused. So they're gonna be reusing them themselves. Excellent. So bring them into Able Brewing, and you, if you bring five of them, then they'll give you a free beer. That's great. Isn't that a good one? Absolutely. I think that's great. So it's and then um, and then Lagersmith will arrange a large drop at our local recycling center. So that's it. Good. So there, there you go. Those are our top two in hour two. We're going to put some links up. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the not Minnesota State Fairs. We'll be right back. At Voyage Healthcare, we are still open and ready to see you for injuries, chronic conditions, med checks, and acute care. If you are concerned about safety, call to schedule a video visit. If you believe you've been exposed to the coronavirus or are experiencing any symptoms, please do not come into the office. We can best serve you if you call our coronavirus hotline at 763-587-7900. That number is also found at the VoyageHealthcare.com webpage. At Voyage Healthcare, we are here on the journey with you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. By the way, if you have missed any of our amazing content that we've already been talking about this morning, do not fret because you can just dial us up on the podcast. We are available at Podcast One or wherever you're finding your podcasts. And uh, we are we all you can catch all the whole last hour, all the good things. Create your tomatoes. I mean, all sorts of things you need to know. And your garlic. Yeah. And your garlic. No doubt. Um, We are talking about the fact that it is. I mean, it is like we are days away. What are we? Five days away from the state ah, fair, the Minnesota wow. State Fair. I don't, I'm already worried for you. I know. I'm already worried. For I know. You. And please, 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 you guys, if you are out there, come see us. We are going to be broadcasting live. Uh, Hanson and I will be at the My Talk booth from nine to ten. Just one hour of Weekly Dish. Don't forget at the state fair nine to ten. But we'd love to come see you. I know it's early. Um, we, sh- we usually get people with some coffee and, you know, yeah. maybe a sweet Martha or two. Every once in a while, you see someone with a turkey leg. It's great. But, oh, uh, but yeah, apparently there's bleachers this year. I haven't seen the new, the new booth or anything, but it sounds like there's, you know, it'll be great. A nice, comfy place yeah. to sit and watch. Kind of a How chill fun. stop at. So we're excited for that. Um, we are, uh, so, but I don't really want to get you sick of the state fair yet, the Minnesota <laughs> state fair, because I know that by the end of it, you guys will want to pop one in my face, you know, but. <laughs> There'll be a lot washing over everybody. Right, What's right. The state fair. But what's so interesting is actually other state fairs. Yes. Because the focus on the Iowa State Fair right now is kind of amazing. It is. I mean, it always is a thing right before, you know, an election. But, um, yeah. Because all the politicians go and they eat all the things. Right. But there's a lot more of it this year, don't you think? I feel like, like I don't know, and maybe it feels like it. Maybe because Pete Buttigieg, or however you say (laughs) his last name, Buttigieg, he he apparently, like, ate everything. Like, most of the candidates are like, here's the corn dog, and they're like, ha-ha! They maybe, and they don't want to be, because, and I agree, here's the deal, because when you're being photographed a million times, the chance (laughs) that you are going to look like some sort of a weirdo taking a bite of the, and I know this, Yes. Because there are people who take pictures of me while I'm on the TV. Right. And that's never good. It's it's hard. No. And um, <laughs> like from their TV, I'm saying, yes. you know, and but I mean, the thing is, is like it's so you I think they're daintier. They're careful. They're always metered. Apparently, Pete. No, he Mayor went Pete, for it. He went for it. 
and in a white shirt. I mean, I, I can only imagine how many of his assistants had extra white shirts yeah. for him. I mean, honestly, I was very impressed. I was too. He he seemed to enjoy it. There is going to be a Mayor Pete booth up at the Minnesota State Fair this well, let's year. Let's see if he shows up and eats, I, uh, I, I I did contact his people. At our fair, and yeah. I said, if he shows up, you have got to let me know so that I can go eat a corn dog with Mayor Pete. Actually, I would probably make him eat like uh, something massive on a stick because that would be fun. Oh, I what would, would I make him? I eat? would hold his white shirt just to see that happen. Yeah, I would be in the background yeah. holding. Maybe I would make him go to the Hamlin Dining Hall and we could snarf a whole bunch of like Swedish meatballs. I'd yeah, be down that for that. Would be good, don't you think? He probably he he seems like he's an eater. Like he likes it. Clearly. I think so. Yes. Um, okay, so at the state, so, but, okay, so let's talk, we've talked, the minute, the Iowa State Fair, I wanted to let you know that the best new food, they declare our best new food right. every year. There's is, uh, it's called Georgie's Roast with the Most from the G Migs Wrap Stand. They call this one the best fair. It's, it's pot roast, white rice, and chorizo with roasted green chilies, cheddar jack cheese, and corn tortilla crumbles. Um, and something they're calling candy corn salsa, which is not have, it's just corn, sweet right, corn. Just sweet. Yeah, wrapped in a big cheddar tortilla with and a sour the, cream drizzle. And then do they fry it? Or? I don't think so. No, it doesn't look like it is. But it is apparently the biggest, best um, thing at the, at the Iowa okay. State Fair. I'm saying I would, that looks delicious. I'm sure that it is delicious. <laughs> that looks really good. And I'm sure it is. You know, there's plenty of other things that were at the State Fair, uh, at the Iowa State Fair. Uh, a bacon-wrapped pig wings, pork shanks wrapped in bacon and then deep fried. Apple nachos, cinnamon sugar chips covered in caramel and apple. We have peach nachos. Right. Um, and the super dog. Here it is. This is the same thing. Okay. We have this. Their All super right. dog is a hot dog stuffed inside a hollowed pickle, which is then deep fried in core dog batter. That's, we have the dilly dog. The dilly dog is new this year for us. Is that right? Same thing. Okay. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how it measures up. I don't feel like the Iowa State Fair. People tell me all the time that uh, that the Iowa State Fair doesn't compare. Uh, you know, I have a good friend who handles or used to handle the uh, gold ribbon, you know, the blue ribbon, um, you know, all the food contests. Yeah. And all over the country in state fairs. And she would always tell me, you know, the the Minnesota State Fair is special. It is unique. It's I feel like how do you know? <laughs> it's homey and and but I've been to a few other state fairs and I can attest to that. Like the Texas State Fair. Tell us about the Texas State Fair. So it's in a much bigger space. Not I don't think not nearly as many people come, although I could be wrong. Maybe it just seems not as populated because we are just a mass of humanity. But theirs the is spread state out. Fair. That's why. Theirs is a bigger area. Well, and it's also they, days. I think they, and, and they have like longer, three weeks. It's in October. It's longer probably because people are going to school, so you got to give them a chance on the weekends to come. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it'd be way too hot to have the state fair in, in oh, Dallas. In the, yes. It's right outside of Dallas, and it's like the Cotton Bowl area um and 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 it's nice i will say that their corn dogs fletcher's corny dogs there are the best corn dogs Mm. and corn dogs mean a lot to me i know you have a you (laughs) have have a personal i have a little and then are you and is it a corn dog versus prano pop no i'm all about the corn dog okay okay um but but and although Prano puffs are delightful as well, I eat either. But the corn dog's my favorite, and they have a good one. It, but it doesn't. It just doesn't have to me the same feel as the the Minnesota State Fair. I just think um, you know it's ours is walkable. 
it's it's easy to see every it wasn't no, no no you can't see everything you can't see everything but um you can see the things you want to see and and it just has such a lovely um small town feel to it in nooks and crannies there's always something in some little pocket of the fair yeah. that is fascinating yeah. to watch yeah and, and it's because it's truly the farmers of the area. It is. I, I just don't know love if it. it's like. So is the state fair of Texas mostly like cattle ranchers? Because I don't feel like there's a lot of farmers. I you know they have like pig races yeah. and cattle yeah. auctions and things like that. Um, there was yeah, a, it's it's a different feel that way. There was a talk about how Iowa is a largely it's mostly pork. You know what I mean? Because there's so many there's a lot of pork producers down right. there, and there's like one vegetable stand. It's called the Veggie Table. It's one. Just the one. You huh? know what I mean? And that's like where people go. And so that's interesting. Um, this, the, the Texas State Fair did put out their new okay, list of it? new foods this year. And it cl- includes things like a Calypso Island shrimp bowl. You know, that's got okay. sort of a, a, you know, a shrimp bowl, basically. Yeah. I think the cutest thing is this big red chicken. that's like a chicken wing with sunglasses on a red donut that looks what? like an inner tube. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. I see yep. that. That's yep. um, kind of fun. They're calling fascinating. it the, the big red chicken bread. Did they put the little sunglasses on each wing. I guess. It's a homemade, light, fluffy, melt in your mouth, big red flavored frosting served on a donut, served with a savory fried chicken wing. So it's a chicken and waffles. Yeah, it's kind a chicken waffle thing, right? They've got uh, Fernie's fried burnt end burrito. I'm not mad at that. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. They do barbecue in Slathered with a jalapeno popper spread of cream cheese. Hello. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. They've got a flamingo tango, uh, which is a mango um, fried and drizzled with a kicky citrus glaze, topped with whipped topping and served with a side of strawberry mango sorbet. What? Wow. Okay. I don't quite understand that one. But then they've got another fried Mexicone. They've got like a lot of fried tortillas. It seems to be tortillas stuffed with things. You know? you know, they're they're a, a border state. There's yeah, a lot of good, yeah, this is lot true. Of good Mexican fried bayou bites. We are talking about the Texas State Fair, everyone. Just yes. to be clear that we are not telling you and what they is. Do, they do also fry everything. Yeah. So here's this is what I thought. I was reading this to the kid and he was like, hmm, the Southern Fried Chicken Fettuccine Alfredo I Ball. I see this. I see this. <laughs> It is a it's yeah. fried pasta. It's a f- pasta ball with southern fried chicken inside, breaded fresh mozzarella, and fried, yeah. breaded and fried. Wow! Served with a flash fried lemon pepper asparagus spear. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, that's something. But I'm all about the Texas cream corn casserole fritters. That yeah. just looks good. I'm to down me. for that too. I would eat that. All right. Well, we are going to take a break with leaving you drooling for things that you won't be able to eat unless you drive to Texas. So, and you have to drive there apparently. But uh, that is. Uh, <laughs> but we are getting ready for the state fair. So again, don't forget. I mean, not that you could forget. It's it's basically in a few days, and we will be out there. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about um, some interesting food history facts. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the radio show on My Talk 1071 that talks about food and fun and the fair and fantastic things and all sorts of good things. Let's start with F. Let's start with F or not. <laughs> so speaking of food and foods that built this country, there was a show that I, I and you guys, I rarely watch. I feel like I rarely get to watch actual TV and I feel like I rarely get to stumble upon things. But I stumbled upon this show on the History Channel called The Food That Built America. Oh. And if you guys, any of you are on Twitter or following me you know that i was like i was sort of astounded by this i was like oh my god and i was just i got 
totally sucked in. And I watched it for three nights. It was a mini series, a three little three part event. You can now watch it on, you know, line because all the episodes have been released. And so there, and so I encourage you to go watch it after this. But there are so many things that I didn't know. Okay. And this is really about the Industrial Revolution after the Civil War. Right. You know, the things where America was like 10 years after the Civil War. And things and, were changing so much. Oh, my God. And it was it was amazing to me how much we know about Rockefellers. If I say that, I say J.P. Morgan. And you know, these are the industrialists the you know who right. built the Carnegie, country. Yep. It's amazing to me how many of the food producers really had a hand in that. And the magnets and the things that we take today and like take for granted and like, you know, the products that we sure. see and we kind of, and of course, some of us who are, you know, a little bit less about processed food, we kind of poo poo, but the beginning of it all was amazing. And how exciting that was for a lot of, particularly women who back then were primarily yeah. the ones making food at home and how, how much time, how it much saved time. Them. Well, and and also the safety of it. I mean, unbelievable the idea of that. We're saying how processed foods is, you know, are so bad for you. But really, back then, the actual food that they had to buy in the urban centers in the markets—that was the stuff that was bad for you. Like there was no preservation. There was no nobody was guarding. No one. There was. So let me ask you this: Do you know who had the first electric, the very very first electric factory in the United States? The very first electric factory in the United States. Using electricity, which was a very edgy tech at the time. It was Heinz ketchup. Oh, wow. Isn't that shocking to think that Henry Heinz, this guy who was like, he had been bankrupt and he'd gone through a whole bunch of bad things. And he kind of lit on the idea that the spoiled food, they were using ketchup to kind of mask the flavor of spoiled meat. But it was something that all the spices. Yeah. And it was sort of like a Worcestershire, you know, you know, import. But he was like, this is this is, you know, we could do better than this. And there and this can help you know, people in the country and everything else. And so he started bottling ketchup and doing this whole thing. And he was the first guy, he had this idea to make this massive campus. And he was the one who was like, no, electricity is the future. <laughs> there wow. were like less than 10. I mean, like it was like people were not even using it. And he built a factory with it, the right. first one. And people were kind of afraid of it, yes. uh, you know, in the very beginning. They thought it was witchcraft. And also that it would, sometimes it, it would light fires in your yeah. home. Like, you know, things didn't go perfectly at the very beginning all the time. Right. So that's great. I know. And so, and the other thing that he did was because, of course, this was the time of the snake oil salesman of like the miracle foods and all this kind of stuff. And so what he, he sent his son to Washington and they helped lobby for the first because he was doing all the right things he was cooking tomatoes and making good sauce and bottling his stuff and he was doing everything safely and with the right way and people were getting sick from other things but they could just claim whatever they wanted to claim he sent his son to washington to lobby for the first regulations for the fda right i mean like that's like because of henry on the same because of ketchup field yeah that's wow isn't that crazy that is crazy those are things you don't know excellent um do you know who in you go you know who invented cereal don't you was it uh, could you possibly kellogg it was mr kellogg it was it was dr john kellogg and william h kellogg the brothers up in battle creek michigan right they basically invented cereal and i mean think about it before that (laughs) i mean it's it's mind-boggling to think that breakfast nobody ate (laughs) breakfast or nobody ate like you know they may eat leftovers for breakfast because whatever was in the and breakfast was this like extreme luxury of the upper class really who could take the time to do this kind of thing working men had to just grab a hunk of bread and go 
And then it took these two brothers up in Battle Creek, Michigan, to change the way that Americans think about breakfast because they invented cereal basically as a health tonic. It was supposed to cure your digestive disorders. Oh, all right. Well, it was not like. And they were eating, they were crunching it up and it was, and it they were eating it dry at this horrible, the sanitarium. Oh, who thought of milk and, so, it was and, William. and cereal? It was the brother, not, you know, it was the other brother who was like, you should add, you should put some milk in there. It'll make right. it easier to eat. And all of a sudden it became, I mean, like not all of a sudden, obviously there was a huge time. battle, but my God, it became the, and think about that. That changed the way Americans eat breakfast. Oh, for sure. For sure. So bizarre. Okay, here's the biggest one I'm going to ask you. Okay. And this is the I'm one. I'm going to get it wrong. Although I got the last no. one right. Yeah, you did. You did. So. Uh, where was the Milky Way candy bar invented? The Milky Way candy bar. Where was it invented? Um, Hershey, Pennsylvania? You would think. Except, no, Minneapolis, Minnesota. <gasps> right here. Shut the front door. No way. This is really interesting. So obviously Hershey, Milton Hershey, Completely created an entire town yes. in order to make his chocolate, right? Oh, yes. So he's the chocolate guy of all times. He invented milk chocolate, the recipe with that weird tangy bite yeah. that we all identify as Hershey's. Right. That was intentional. He wanted it to be a little sour, so it was different from Europe. He, so of course he's making all this crazy chocolate. Here comes this guy, this uh, father and son team uh, from Minnesota who basically were like, we should make a candy bar that tastes like a milkshake. And ah. they invented the freaking Milky Way in Minnesota. And they traveled. And then, the, like, Frank Mars, whoop, Minnesota kid, grown in St. Paul, goes to Pennsylvania and, and, te- and says, hey, can I buy a bunch of chocolate to make these candy bars? Will, right. you help, will you give me a line of credit? Milton Hershey just goes, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little push. Not thinking anything of it, and instead creates the rival company that will then battle him for the rest of their lives. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, that, you know, good intentions. Right? But, like, yeah, there's, yeah, you no. know, that whole thing of, like, all of a sudden, he's like, how much how much chocolate are we shipping him? Yeah, and this Milky Way is, you know, it's... A, and then they, oh, it's Snickers. And then they right, invented Snickers. And then right. they invented the Three Musketeers. But he, uh, Frank Mars, invented the nougat. You know, nougat is, like, from 15th century Italy. But, you know... Sure, but how to put but it in... whipping it with right, chocolate creates it. the candy bar nougat that right. we know today. Oh, wow. Here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We Isn't are nuts? we are extraordinary. We are extraordinary. We? Okay, here's my last one that I think is just because I do want you guys to watch this show. Okay. Um. Uh. So, and it's kind of comes out of this, but well, I, I don't even know if I can ask the question. But the idea of there being, do you know who Marjorie Post was? Um, Marjorie Post. Uh, was she the uh, Post cereal? Yes. Okay. So she basically, <laughs> I know. Well, so her her dad. Uh, Charlie Post, C.W. Post, stole the recipe of cereal from the sanitarium in Kellogg, in the Kellogg Sanitarium in Battle Creek, started Post Cereal, and then when he died, he passed his company on to Marjorie, okay. and she basically expanded it and became the first multi-net or multi-brand food. She became General Foods. Marjorie Post at a time where they wouldn't even let her have like board meetings. She had to have them at her right. house because she wasn't allowed right. to really be at the company right. that she owned. She bought Jello. She bought Hellman's mayonnaise. She bought Clarence Birdseye frozen vegetables wow. for the patents. She paid like twelve million bucks for it, and like the idea of this all happening because of Marjorie Post and she was a woman who pioneered the way that we all think and look at foods. She basically with the frozen food thing, right. they had to buy. 
This was frozen foods debuted before there was a time where like only like two percent of houses had you know refrigerator. Yeah, and so refrigerators or freezers. I think refrigerator. Well, it was like the ice box, right? right? Right. And then so then they basically she knew that that technology would change the world, and so they invested in buying supermarkets the freezer like the the freezer tubs so that right. they could hold the food, and then that became part of this whole process. Interesting. It it is fascinating, you guys, and I know that it's the idea of how. We have got to a place where the processed foods are a part of our life. It, it, it like finding really, really understanding the why of it is just it's amazing. Oh right, right. So, there it is. It's on the History Channel. That you can watch good. it. Yeah. So what's the name again? It's called Food, Food That Built America. Um, and there's uh, there's some really great other pieces. Also, wait, I'm going to click back to it. It was yeah. It's called the Food That Built America, and you can watch the full episodes. And it digs into all of it. And then there's really great things about like, and they cover. Uh, Colonel Sanders. They cover the McDonald's brothers. Oh, yeah. They cover, uh, you know, Clarence Baird's Eye, like I said. And there's just a lot of oh, interesting that things. Like, that sounds like it'd be yeah. fun to see. I really enjoyed it. it. Okay. Oh, and Coca Cola as well. So that's fun. All right. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up and tell you the moral of the story. All right, people. We are here on our Saturday before the state fair. And it feels like, you know, summer is winding down. Calm before the storm. Feels like it's been a little bit of uh, like and also the cooler edge to the morning. It is. I'm not mad at that. No, because the evenings have been beautiful, too. Yeah. Like it's not humid. It's yeah. just kind of nice. I'm here for that. So I'm really I'm really glad. Hey, I wanted to give a shout out. I don't know if you saw this or not, but a shout out to our friend Jack Rebel at the Lexington. Yeah, I did see this. So Jack is, uh, you know, unfortunately been diagnosed with a certain rare cancer that, you know, he is uh, he's fighting and he is he wanted he knows that there was a lot of people in the industry who were talking about it. Right. And he wanted to say the record straight so we put a little blog together at at msp mag and it was it was really the right thing to do and it's a weird thing to like you know quite honestly we struggled with how do we represent this and how do we talk about this because he's not dead and he's not you know he's out there and he's working and he's he's very positive and he's he's, got a good attitude about it i saw i'm facebook friends with him and i saw his post on facebook and and yeah he seemed to have a really positive attitude and yeah. and it's not over and he's in the fight and so he just wanted to put that out there so we wanted to say shout out to that yeah, and to give that, our, yeah, yeah. We're thinking about you all the good all the good vibes coming his way and not that i want to like you know uh put you guys on any path but the lexington burger is up in the burger bracket (laughs) (laughs) against the copper cow kids and i'm just saying that you know i'm not saying anything all i wanted to say was that you know do vote in the burger bracket it ends tonight so this is your last chance to vote and then um hopefully that will go one way or the other we're going to announce it on monday morning right and it'll be a great either way it goes it'll be great because i'm excited I'm excited. Yeah. I haven't had their burger. I may have to hike over there. That and, would be a reason to go. Yes. To go say hi to Jack and to have a Absolutely. burger. Absolutely. Why not? Enjoy a burger. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's uh, a lot of other stuff going on in town um, this weekend. I also want to shout out to Sarah Kiefer, who is our favorite vanilla bean baker blog. Yes. You know, she is also the pan banging chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. Queen of all things. Famous. Well, Food 52, you know, the website. Sure, I'm very they, familiar with they it. They just featured her Pen banging technique. They're just getting to that. You know, Food it's kind of weird. Come I know, on. but they're they didn't. I guess it was in July that they wrote okay. up this thing. But they but talked about her. that's great. Yes, Food Fifty Two is a fun. Uh, it's you know, a collection of cooks. It is. It's you know? a fun place to I love it. 
to look up for ideas. Um, what I did That's love, great. the way that they approached it was fun. They said the chocolate chip cookies that changed the way I bake. But then she talked about how, you know, obviously they talked about the ripple effect and the, and the banging and everything else. But then they kind of went into this idea of like, can all cookies be banged? You know, and like, can we have this with other cookies? And so they did this really interesting, like, sort of scientific study about what it makes, what makes a great banging, you know, pan right. banging cookie. And they they did a scientific thing where they're like, what if we add more flour? What if we add more eggs or less eggs and baking soda? And so they did a bunch so, of. So for those of you that don't know, um, Sarah, now I will say that I don't know that Sarah is the very first person in the world to bang a cookie, but um, but she has certainly brought it into all of our worlds and making us all think about it. So here's what that means. You make a chocolate chip cookie, you uh, put them in, you know, put them on a cook sheet, put them in the oven. They bake for, I don't know, half the amount of time, three quarters of the amount of time. You know, they're puffy, but they're not set. You take them out and you bang the pan. And what happens is the the cookie collapses a little bit. It causes ripples around the edge of the cookie. It's an interesting look. Wrinkles. Um, but it, it also creates a, a denseness and a chewiness to the cookie that you might not otherwise have that might be more cakey. Yeah. And so that texture, uh, people are going wild for, have for a while now. And, um, and it's really propelled her into the national spotlight yeah. in a lot of ways. I, New York I, Times New did York a piece Times, on her. Yeah. It's, it's been very exciting for her. So now the question is, yeah, can I do it with a ginger snap? Can I do it with? <laughs> Right. <laughs> what else can I bang? Well, I mean, so it's just a matter of banging that cookie sheet really hard. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it also depends on the recipe because there's yeah. cakey cookies that will right. not wrinkle and bang. And sure. there are different like to... crumble ones, like the shortbreads. Those aren't going to do it's it. It's a science. So here's the good news. Sarah Kiefer is coming out with a cookbook called 100 Cookies. That you can bang. And there's, well, there's a whole <laughs> section on pan banging. I don't think they're all that. This sounds, I don't know. If you didn't know what we were talking about. Yeah. Pan banging. Bang sound. those cookies. Um, <laughs> sound wrong, maybe. I know. But it's great. So I'm excited. Those are that's coming out by Chronicle Books in 2020. Sarah Kiefer, we love Yay. her. We'll have her on the show. Excellent. Um, so, are you? Do you have any foodie things you're doing this weekend? Um, this weekend, uh, foodie things I'm doing. You know, it's not really a foodie thing, but I'm going tomorrow out on a boat for the day with uh, family. Mil Malax. Yeah. And oh, you're um, driving up to Malax. Yeah, I'm going to drive up to Mille Lacs, uh, rent a pontoon boat. So today I'm going to be like making a picnic. Yes, you are. And so that's my, um, that's your jam. That's my jam. So I already made the salted butter, salted butter, uh, chocolate chunk shortbreads. Okay. I'm going to be down, down for that slicing and and cooking those tomorrow. And yeah, I'll make some kind of sandwiches and and some salads and for boat food, for boat food, easy things. Yeah. That's good. Okay, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, it's always hard to like, you know, you don't really want too much because you don't want to bring like too much cutlery and everything else. I think no, handheld it's things. No, it's got to be all things that you can eat. Maybe there's yeah. a plastic fork or two involved. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the extent of it. I like it. Um, I got to tell you, there is something new that I was kind of excited about. Did you know that the, um, you remember the Suburban World Theater in Uptown, which had the cool, you know, the movie theater that had the yeah. cool Granada? Or, oh, yeah. It's the Granada. And it's being, it's be, it's been closed f- since like 2014. Okay. I mean, it closed early in like 2003 and then it opened again and then it closed again. It's been sitting there empty, but it's a m- kind of a major piece of Uptown. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a great old building. Um, they're reviving it. Oh, good. And so, so new owners are in it and they are, you know, keeping the, retaining the old place or renaming it back to its original, the Granada. Okay. And, um, 
you know, it was a movie theater. And so, but it's also a theater theater. There's a stage as well as a screen. So they have a lot of, you know, they had, when I was a young 20 year old in Uptown, we used to go on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Just last year. I mean, and have like cartoons and Bloody Marys. That's what we did there. <laughs> that was the greatest thing. They'd show cartoons because wow. there's a little restaurant component to it. Yes. Well, they are actually going to take and blow out the restaurant component. They're adding a new restaurant. In the in the ground level called the Uptown Lobby and Bar, it's just called Uptown Lobby and Bar, and it's going to be Spanish influenced. So you're going to see a lot of like poutine, like chorizo poutine. They're going to have spicy shrimp ceviches, mojo short rib tacos, um, but also like arroz con pollo and all those kind of things. Ah, opening this fall. So meant to eat there, not to take into the theater. It's part. It's all part of the thing. You can oh. do both. I think. Oh, I think you'll wow. be able to do both. I don't know. There it is. Anyway, thanks for being here, Meredith. Thank you. We'll hopefully see you guys out at the fair. Don't forget, next week, 9 a.m. out at the State Fair, we will be live for one hour of Weekly Dish. Be there, be square. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Ciao, ciao. This is a summer to stay connected, locally. From the pandemic to protests to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota Podcasts live here.